The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Chesney Hawks is a pop singer-songwriter whose career started at the age of 19 when he appeared in the film Buddy's Song, which featured his best-known single, The One and Only, which topped the UK singles chart for five weeks and reached the top ten in the US. And he's on the line here just now. How are you today? I'm very well, Toby. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. So, of course, the song The One and Only was featured in the film Buddy's Song, how did you actually get the role in that film? Oh, I literally auditioned. It mm. was, uh, it's funny, it's kind of a slightly convoluted story. I was having my wisdom teeth out uh, <laughs> and I woke up with gauze in my in my uh, mouth and uh, and everything. And uh, all I could see was a little TV in the corner of the room and uh, Roger Daltrey was, was on the TV appealing mm. for a young boy that could possibly play his son. <laughs> And uh, I couldn't talk. And I, was, I remember my parents were there. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> and uh, literally, uh, you know, a week later, I was uh, I was in the line of, of young boys that uh, it was like a, you know, X Factor style audition and uh, you know, loads and loads of young boys. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to get the part. I mean, you know, it took a while. I, I went to about four or five different um, auditions that kept getting steadily and steadily more, uh, you know, uh, serious. Yeah. <laughs> And and more people uh, watching until it um, uh, it ended up at a at, at Bray Studios between me and another guy and the the Who were rehearsing at Bray Studios mm. uh, where where they were rehearsing for their uh, you know comeback <laughs> tour back then they're yeah. still doing it now um, and uh, yeah finale comeback tour like. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and that was that was interesting because I had to play guitar in front of uh, Pete Townsend, so that w- that was a very interesting one, and uh, very nerve wracking. But uh, yeah, so I, I was obviously lucky enough uh, to be right for the role, and you know, mm. I got the part. That was yeah. it. Did you have any acting experience before taking on that role? No, mm. none at all. I was always just a musician, and uh, I, <laughs> the reason that I was interested in it was because the, the part was uh, was very much geared towards music. Um, mm. You know, that the story was a young boy uh, that was a songwriter and played guitar and uh, it just kind of 
it just kind of uh, you know said something to me um and i thought oh this is a chance for me to get into the music industry and maybe there's a record deal at the end of it which there was yeah so. <laughs> did it ever cross your mind that maybe it would be a way to get into the acting industry uh yes yes it did it did but uh i honestly didn't know how i was gonna do with the acting i didn't because mm. i'd never acted before in my life i was god i was only 17 and i got <laughs> the part so for me it was uh it was an unknown quantity you know um but i really really enjoyed it actually it was it was a real challenge and i got kind of thrown in the into the lion's den as it were and there were some amazing actors involved um you know michael elphick um who yeah. was he played boone <laughs> and everyone knows michael um and then sharon juice who played my mum. you know they they'd they would had been acting since they were kids and they you know they took me under their wings but i also had like a, a lot of younger people um that were kind of had gone on to do great things like nick moran lee ross um julia sawala uh yeah. paul mckenzie all these amazing uh young actors that at the time had done like press gang and grange hill and uh you know yeah. all these uh the bill everyone had played everyone had been in the bill at some point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess you must have felt lucky to be in with the actors yeah very much so uh and also a little bit um nervous because mm. they'd all been to you know uh drama school and all that kind of stuff and, and that's something that i hadn't done um so i you know I, I was a little bit kind of i didn't it wasn't that i felt like a fraud yeah i just felt that i felt a little bit from from those guys like who is this young whippersnapper who's come out of nowhere and got the lead part <laughs> you know what i mean so there was a little bit of pressure from that yeah so in terms of the one and only when you first heard it did you think oh that's going to be a hit or was it maybe just one of the songs out of many in the soundtrack and wasn't special at the time well it was it was actually the very last song uh, that we uh, recorded the very last song that came along because all the other songs pretty much most of the other songs um were written specifically for the film so yeah the guy that wrote the book and the screenplay, he wrote all the lyrics to songs like I'm Man Not a Boy and Secrets of the Heart and yeah. all the songs that were actually included in the film because they were very much, you know, a part of the the script. Um, you know, the the character wrote them about the story that was happening in the film, if you see what yeah. I mean. So <laughs> so they were all very much kind of like inner circle songs. I wrote a few of the songs with Nigel, the, the writer. Um, and uh, so the one and only was like a, almost like an afterthought uh, mm. the record label were like we love the album you know it's we've got some singles here and we, we are very pleased and very happy with it uh, but maybe there's maybe there's another couple of songs perhaps or maybe one song <laughs> you know <laughs> so the because it was with a major record label uh, at the time um, you know there were loads of songs thrown at us yeah. um, and I tried to write some songs everything but but then my dad um, knew um, Nick Kershaw's um, publisher and uh, and he played him a couple of songs and he's like oh my god these are great is this a new nick album and uh you know because he knew dad knew i was a massive nick kershaw fan and uh <laughs> He said, no, it is Nick, but he doesn't want to, to record these songs. He's kind of taken a sabbatical from pop stardom and wants to kind of write for other people. So when we brought the song, dad brought the cassette back to me. And I remember I still got that cassette somewhere. I've got a little, there was about 15 songs. I got a little asterisk by the one and only and a couple of other ones. And we brought it to the team and we rehearsed, we were recording at Abbey Road at the time. And it didn't go down very well. <laughs> you know, like the whole team were like, oh, you know, it's an outside song. And, you know, I'm sure we can find something internal you know and so uh, that that day I went away a little dejected because I thought there goes my chance of meeting Nick Kershaw you know yeah. <laughs> 
But then the record label kind of got in touch and said, oh, let, let's put the boys' vocal on it. And, well, the rest is history. So yeah. yeah. And that's the song, of course, that you're mainly known for. Does that annoy you that it kind of follows you around a bit? Uh, I've had my ups and downs with the song. I cannot tell a lie. Um, <laughs> not that I've ever disliked the song at all. Um, it, but, yeah, the, the, the thing, it's not the song itself that that, that um, gets on my nerves sometimes. It's the, it's the inability for people to think that there's more to me than, yeah. than the one song. If you see what I mean, yeah. so and that's fair enough. I, I'm I'm so used to it now, Toby, and I I understand it. I really do. Um, but it can be a little bit disheartening sometimes, you know, as as a, a singer songwriter, an artist, um, to be kind of labelled with that uh, mm. that kind of um, you know one hit wonder thing, and yeah. uh, and people know is, my name is synonymous with the with the phrase the one and only. You know, yeah. it does get a little bit um, old sometimes, but. Uh, you know, I'm. I love the song. Uh, I still have a lot of love for it, and you know, I've kind of given up ownership of it because mm. now when I play it, I mean, I didn't play it for years after that time. I really didn't. Mm. Um, I was kind of anti it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but these days, you know, we're really we're good friends. I, I love playing it, and I understand that people uh, have their own connections to it and their own love for it. So uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a bit of, bit of both, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and when you perform that song now, is there a different connection? to it than you maybe used to when you used to perform it back in the day yeah of course i mean back in the day it was like my first single i was very energetic you know i was taking my top off and stuff like that <laughs> and, um it was always kind of i always felt the lyric um as kind of a self-empowerment lyric so i think i always yeah. had that in my heart when i was singing it but um these days as i said before i've kind of given up ownership to it so yeah. when when i when i sing it it's almost in a different way i sing it for for the people that kind of have that connection to it and love it yeah. you know and I, you can't help but feel the energy when i when i you know when you start up that uh, that kind of iconic intro that you know then you yeah. see people oh it's the one and only and they kind of come to the front and you know get all excited about it so yeah it is different these days um but as i said i i still i still really enjoy playing it yeah and in a weird kind of way you became famous in 1991 that was when the one and only was a hit but you're still as relevant today really it doesn't seem like your fame has gone away well I mean that that side of things is a uh, is a mystery to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that is. Uh, I often sometimes attribute it to my name because it's quite a memorable name, I guess. <laughs> um, and you know, I I never stopped recording and, and making music and touring. That was one of the things that I had so many so many great advices uh, back then. Roger Daltrey. I, I toured with Brian Adams. I toured with uh, Huey Lewis. I've got my dad who was in the Tremolos. And all of those kind of great musicians um, all told me to stay on the road, you know, never stop touring. So I've played in every single venue up and down the country in Europe. And, you know, I, I never stopped touring. And I, I think that probably has a lot to do with it. There's so many people have seen me live over the years as well, you know, so maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know, Toby. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting mystery. <laughs> yeah. Now, because you became famous so young at the age of 19, did you ever feel like you missed part of your youth and had to give up a lot for fame yeah i was very young uh at that time all of my friends were going to uni and doing all that side of life um 
I kind of did the uni uh, 10 years after that when I was playing all the universities, you know, yeah. and, and I would turn up at all and do all the kind of uh, survivor balls and things like that, you know. Um, so I did get to experience that side of life, but a little bit later on. Uh, yeah, it, it is true. Um, my life was not my own for those kind of, well, four years, I guess, from kind of 19 to 23, something like that. Um, there were times when, you know, I was touring so much that I, I wasn't home for, you know, months and months on end. And, mm. you know, I, I didn't really get to see my actual friends uh, for a very long time. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely missed out on some some of the kind of, uh, I don't know, rites of passage of a, of a young, you know, teenage, early 20s. Um, but but then I experienced some incredible other things, you know, so yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't change it for, for, for anything. Yeah, I would guess your friends would be more jealous of you than the other way yeah. around. I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them, you know, I did get to see some of them along the way, you know, like they would turn up at Wembley Arena or something like that. Or, yeah. you know, some. I remember was one friend who happened to, to be in New York while I was there promoting a record. And I was like, oh, my God, you're actually here. You know, it was like one of those moments. It was like, you know, a, a little drip feed of home came came to me, you know, yeah. so that they did get to see some of that madness. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the songs that you have written where do you get your inspiration from generally uh... hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I mean, gosh, it depends everywhere, really. You know, uh, everything from obviously from from my friends and f and family and loved ones and relationships. Uh, obviously, that's probably the main uh, influence on in my songwriting. I think I like I love emotional connection lyrics, uh, but everything from kind of you know travel. Like I wrote a song about John Lennon when for about the first time I ever went to New York, talking about New York, um, and you know I. 
as a as a young singer songwriter, I I had to go and visit all the places that John Lennon was famous for, for being photographed at, and of course, yeah. you know, the Dakota buildings where he eventually died, and the Imagine Circle and all that. And that lyric came out of that uh, that trip. Um, it's called John Lennon Lived Here, which is on my Real Life Love album. Yeah. Uh, but you know, kids nowadays, I write about my kids. Uh, I, I was a song, there's a song on that same album called Airplane, which is about you know paper airplanes, and my kids used to. Yeah, love playing. Uh, any uh, parents would uh, would relate to that song. Um, but you know, anything like even just write, write, reading a book. You know, I remember writing a song about um, far from the mad, madding crowd once called Miss Everdeen. You know, it's mm. th- which is one of the characters in the book. So it can ly- lyrically can come from anywhere, really. Yeah, definitely. So as well as performing live songs in a musical kind of way, you're also performing in musicals. So how did that actually come about? Uh, the first musical I ever did. Was 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 called uh, McGregor's Trap and it was based on Robert Louis Stevenson's Kidnapped Um, and it was at the Edinburgh Fringe and I couldn't have been more than 22 something like that 22 23 Uh, and it was a it was great it was a brand new musical written by uh, a guy called Brian Spence Um, it never went anywhere unfortunately (laughs) but uh, a really good great musical and a great experience and a great kind of foray into musical theatre for me because it wasn't like you know going straight into the West End it was I did get offered Joseph back then, early, early, early days, just after um, Jason. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't take it at the time. Um, but, you know, since then, I have done Joseph a couple of times. I've, I play, I've done um, Godspell. I did a musical uh, about the the songs of, based on the songs of Barry Manilow, which was an interesting, mm. uh, interesting journey for me. Um, and now I've actually written a musical. Yeah, The <laughs> so, One, isn't it? The One, yeah. exactly. It was loosely started it off loosely based on on kind of my my early life but then as these things go these kind of big projects that it kind of transformed into um into a much bigger thing and and now it's it's about two brothers uh, uh, in in Leicester, in a yeah. set in a pub in Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> and when are we expecting that to be starting shows? Well, uh, funnily enough, we were just getting into that as the pandemic hit, so yeah. obviously that kind of put um, put the brakes on the whole project. Um, so so nowadays it's kind of hard to get a new musical into into theatres mm. for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, there's been a big two year sabbatical, and everything that was going into the theatres in 2020 is now finding a home again yeah and so so we're years off of putting new musicals in producers are very scared to put money into into uh, new musicals they're looking for surefire bets you know mm. you lay misses and uh, yeah. uh you know let's rock you we will rock yous of the world are the ones that are actually going out there you know um so what we decided to do uh, me and and the, the team that i work with is is record the uh, the album or record an album uh, mm of the songs so that's what we did and and so far we've only put it out on youtube so if anyone's interested go to chesneyhawks.com it's all it's all on there look for the one the musical and uh, we have we made little videos uh we got uh, an amazing cast that we assembled um fr- uh, around the world actually uh, wow. and they all recorded it in their cupboards and bedrooms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we did it all locally and i've got some fabulous singers you know kevin sim from liberty x did uh, he oh, wow. played he played young duncan whilst i am old <laughs> <laughs> are we looking at this to be in the west end ideally or broadway or where i think uh, i'd like to put it on tour to start mm. with to be honest it feels like a real touring thing but um yeah obviously the the goal uh 
the holy grail for a musical is to be in the West End or Broadway. So, of yeah. course, I have I have dreams of that. Um, so we'll see how the project goes. We shall see. Watch this space, Toby. Yeah. Now, you've got a big compilation album coming out later this month on the 25th Indeed. of March. What can you tell us about the album? Um, that was another a lockdown project uh, where yeah. I delved into, um, you know, the my back catalogue um, mm. since since the Buddy Song era right through to to my last album which was uh, Real Life Love in 2012 and uh, I you know it was really fun and quite cathartic to go back across uh, all the old demos and come into like you know the, the outtakes and things like that um, yeah. so we found like demos of the one and only and uh, wow. you know we also got um, Nick who's a very good friend of mine now Kershaw uh, you know to, to do um, a 2022 remix of the of the song because he wow. produced it the original <laughs> so that was pretty cool actually and he did a fantastic job I mean he didn't just remix it he he, he re-recorded the, the, he did a new guitar solo and like recorded all the guitars again. And like, wow. I, he went way, way <laughs> more than I thought he was going to do. And, uh, and it's, it's really interesting mm-hmm. to kind of hear the take. I don't know why he redid it. Cause I guess the, the solo is quite an iconic solo now. Mm. And so when, when the mix came, I was like, Oh wow, he's redone the solo. Interesting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you prefer yeah. the new version? I mean, I actually really like the new version, but maybe it's because I've, oh God, I've had 30 years to, to listen to the old version and uh, yeah. this is this feels spangly you know it's mm. like getting into a brand new Rolls Royce or something <laughs> yeah. and also you're going to be playing Rewind Festival this year north and south yes yes I mean I've, I've played Rewind over the years many many times um, and yeah I'm doing it again this year I've got all sorts of gigs this year I've got mm. uh, Rewind I've got Let's Rock shows um, uh, anyone interested in coming to see me live chesneyhawks.com it's all on there yeah. Um, I seem to have tons and tons of uh, gigs coming in, which is great. Yeah. More so than uh, the last couple of years, Toby. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for sure. And how have you been coping during these last couple of years? Have you been doing online shows and things like that? Yeah, I did do quite a few like uh, online shows. I actually created my own uh, TV studio from my <laughs> from my studio in LA. In the oh. end, I, I went I went all out and and uh, I started this uh, this show called Live and Unfiltered, where uh, you know I would play live music and chat. And I brought in uh, guests to talk to, including um, uh, a lot of uh, health workers, um, yeah. you know, through the pandemic who come and tell their story. And I mean, we had tears and laughter and also it was great fun. Yeah. That's all on my YouTube channel now. Um, I think we did we did a whole series. Of, uh, I think we did 10 shows wow. and uh, it was it was hard work and, and fun. And uh, the learning curve was quite steep, mm. <laughs> you know, but that was kind of my main thing through through lockdown, uh, yeah. you know, and it was. It was really fun. I also started a podcast uh, through log- lockdown, um, which is uh, which was another interesting talking about mental health was our uh, our main kind of drive. So if anyone's interested in that, we are all a bit mental.com. Yeah. Well, that's one of the few benefits of the pandemic, isn't it really? People that yeah. had never even thought about doing a TV show or a podcast have just made one. It's that yeah. saying, isn't it? Necessity is the whatever of invention. Wisdom of invention or the mother of invention. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, no, it's true. I, I, 
I think what happened was my wife and I were sitting down thinking, okay, so my main income, our main income is is my gigs. And it looks like we're not going to have any gigs this year. Yeah. So <laughs> how are we going to do this? You know, and I think there were so many people uh, up and down, well, all over the world, to be honest with you, doing the same thing, you know, where some people could work through the pandemic and work from home. And, and that was great. And I was always so happy to hear my friends were doing well through the pandemic. Um, you know, but there's people, you know, such as myself that couldn't work, couldn't work at all. And so we had to think about diversifying somehow. And, uh, you know, I mean, I certainly didn't kind of, you know, it, it was tough financially, um, yeah. but but creatively, it was really great. And, uh, you know, I made loads of videos and uh, did a lot of live shows and we started the podcast and, and all of these things, funnily enough, um, have kind of stayed a part of my life, if you know what I mean. I got the the musical uh, recorded. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the pandemic, I have a lot to thank for because I think, you know, maybe a, a lot of those things probably wouldn't have been, uh, you know, even created. Yeah. I also finished an album. I've got, an, wow. I've got a new album that's coming out in the summer. Um, so, you know, without the pandemic, I, I'm not sure that would have been finished either. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So is there anything else coming up for you? Because it sounds like it's going to be quite a busy, year is there stuff on top of that uh yeah there is <laughs> my my father um is in a, was in a band called the tremolos a 60s yeah. band um very successful uh band in the 60s and 70s and he had a tour uh late last year where he he was supposed to be doing all all up and down the country um yeah. doing this uh, kind of package tour with the with the marmalade and uh and pj proby and herman's hermits and all these you know mm-hmm. these old guys up and down yeah. the country playing their their wares and so dad got ill and uh, I, I took over the tour mm. and uh that was an amazing experience as well like you know fronting the tremolos so these yeah. these music I grew up with and uh, there's another tour this year and I think my dad is probably not going to be able to make it so I'm I'm going to be taking over the the, the reins again for, of the tremolos so yeah. <laughs> So I've got, so let's see, I've got the musical, I've got the podcast, I've got the box set, I've got my gigs, I've got Tremolo's gigs, I've got a new album. That's enough, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, where are we able to keep up to date with you everywhere? Well, yeah, Galactic Central Point for, for me is chesneyhawks.com. Yeah. I try to keep everything updated there. I've got all my gigs, um, uh, all my releases and, and uh, you know, latest news and and. Uh, and there are there are sections in the website um, for uh, the musical, for the podcast, and everything. So if anyone's interested, ChesneyHawks.com. Great. Well, many thanks for coming on the show today. It's been great to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me, and I, I've enjoyed uh, sharing the spotlight with Fozzie Bear. <laughs> 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 for those of you that uh, don't know what I'm talking about because you're only listening to the audio yeah. uh, Toby is sta- is sitting in front of a fantastic Muppets picture with, you've got all the greats right behind him so yes. that kept me going <laughs> <laughs> put you in a mood subconsciously I think it did it did yeah. <laughs> who doesn't love Fozzie Bear yeah <laughs> oh yeah hey The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribben Show.